0: You're listening to the Peer Fury Creations Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. The following is a close to the Heart presentation in association with the PFC Podcast Network. and has been rated L mature audiences only. Some language and dialogue may not be suitable for members of a family under 18 years of age. Welcome to a show that's as real as it gets. Real topics, real conversation, and probably some real controversy. I'm Jason Qualls. Join me and Amy Sheridan as we bring you the real podcast on the PFC Podcast Network powered by Anchor.fm. And welcome to The Real Podcast here on the PSC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm. I am Jason Klaus. I'm being joined by the star of the show, Amy Sheridan. Listen, we, uh, Amy, we took last week off because, um, a number of things popped up. You were out of, you had just gotten back into town, uh, from from a business trip and uh you know i mean literally like i i had texted you i said hey something has come up on my end can we do this another day you're like i just got home i'm tired so everything in that aspect kind of kind of worked out so we made the decision we we took last week off kind of recharge the batteries kind of get our, our ducks back in a row here but that's real life you know that's what happens you know we we can make all the plans that we want to but Life happens. And, um, but, I mean, we're back here. We are, our attempt here this week is going to um, put the conclusion on the saga that has been the Derby years. This is part four. Um, And it makes me chuckle because when we initially started talking about this, we thought that this was going to be like a two-part thing. We have now doubled that. Because there is just so much meat on the proverbial bone. Right. Um, The story up to this point has been very compelling. I've I've told you in the last couple of weeks, um, this is the stuff that they make movies out of. These types of situations, especially the ones that come with the tagline, based on a true story. Like (laughs) this, no shit. I mean, this, this is compelling stuff. And um, your husband, Tim, has been with us throughout this saga, throughout this journey, and like we've gotten his two cents in on it because he actually became part of the coaching staff. So he's got a, a, a whole other layer of observations and feelings and things of this nature, not just because his wife was very much involved in this thing, elevated to... Captain of the team and things of this nature, and with that came the big turnaround. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna pick that story up here in a moment. But before we do, let's kind of play catch up here. How's things in your neighborhood? How's things with with the family?
1: Um, things are pretty good. The kids are good. You know, just I, I got my ducks cleaned today. <laughs> that was pretty important. Um, oh, real really life stuff. Terrible, yeah. There is piles and piles of dust bunnies everywhere. Um, no, I mean ever everything's good. It's just you know it's a busy, crazy work week. I'm just uh, happy to focus something on other than work.
0: <laughs> I hear you. I. I totally understand that. Well, let me ask you this a l- little bit of a sidebar here before we get going. Are you one of those people that bring your work home with you? Now, what what I mean is when you are at work, you're you're involved in the atmosphere and the aura and all the good, bad, and indifferent that that goes along with that. Are you one of those people that are able to leave that shit at the office or do you bring that home and like you've got all these things on your mind and when you're home with Tim and stuff like that, you just <laughs> put it all out on, on the table?
1: I'm, I'm I'm a weird one when it comes to that. Um, like I do I do physically bring my work home with me. I, I'm a workaholic. I, I can't help it. Like I constantly got to know if there's something – to do the next day. Like, you know, I need to know if there's any fires and not because I'm instructed to know, because my company is actually very, very great with that whole, you know, home life, home life work life structure. You know, it's just me personally, like I, I have such bad anxiety about it. And like, I usually like to plan the next couple of days out and like know exactly what I'm gonna be doing, you know, or what needs to be done. Um, which is why I don't, I guess I I don't get like a, a ton of sleep either, because I go to bed and everything's swirling in my head, like exactly what I need to do, what I, you know, I have this weird memory issue thing. Um, I can't remember shit unless I like, it's over and over and over and over again. Um, but when it comes to bringing work home. Like, I'm always excited to tell Tim, you know, if something like good happened, um, you know, which recently, you know, recently it, it did. Um, one of my charities that I proposed for the CCF Day of Giving, which is the, uh, ah, now I almost said it. I can't, I can't say where I work. <laughs> and I, I almost said it. I almost said it. Uh, But the CCF Day of Giving, they give um, a charity of the offices choosing like a check for like $10,000. And the charity that I picked ended up winning the vote. So I am extremely grateful and, and humbled. And that was just such an amazing feeling, you know, that like when you come home, like I tell my husband all about it. But usually I'm, I'm really quiet with that. Um, not because something like happened or like I internalize a lot of things. So if I'm like having a bad day at work, like I most of the time physically show it, you know, like, I don't know, I, I look grumpy, um, but I, I don't like to, to speak it because I, I like I'm trying to get rid of it. It just, it takes me, it takes me a minute Like as soon as I, you know, get home, I like to relax and, you know, get whatever I need to get done. And, and usually I don't like speaking about it. I really like hearing about Tim's day. Like Tim will usually tell me about his whole day, which is great. And then he asks me like, how was your day? And I'll usually, he hates it. I'll usually just be like, oh yeah, it was, it was busy. I don't really say all about my job and what happened because then it like you know to me with anxiety like i just i have it so bad that like if i sit there and talk about things it's gonna like reopen things and i'm gonna it'll take me longer to to get rid of it and to relax than it will just not saying anything at all so usually i just kind of push that and just give the vaguest answers and of course tim don't like that (laughs) Like, you know, we we have a great line of communication. It's just, I don't really like talking about my day. I mean, the same went for the attorney's office. You know, there was some bad shit that would go on at the attorney's office. And it's like, I, I can't bring that home. You know, I can't. Right. So I just, I learned to internalize a lot of that stuff so that other people don't have to feel... <laughs>
0: the way that i do sometimes no i get it i uh i'm i'm one of those because Brittany will ask me what happened at work last night this that the other thing i don't talk about it it's not because i have anything to hide it's just my mentality the whole work family balance thing when i on day one when i got into that place they came out and said you know we we make a conscious effort to make sure there is a, a balance between work and family. Well, that shit went out the window in week two. And right off the gate, you've set, a, you've set a bad precedent. Also along those lines, I have always had the mentality, even when I worked at the apartment complexes. When I punch out, my workday is done. Yeah, And I do not give that aspect of my life another Single thought, until I have to punch back in and okay. deal with it, because I'm not going to let my job or the company that I work for consume my every waking thought, feeling, or otherwise. Yeah, that's not fair to my family. That's not fair to. It's not fair to me, because I'm just not invested. What I'm doing is I'm going to work to pay the bills. End yeah. of story. Once I punch out. That's the end of it. We're done. Don't 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 call me. I'm do not, this is a real trigger for me, especially with with what Brittany does. Like she's had people call her on her personal time to talk about work shit. I'm like, "Huh? Are they paying you for this? If they're not paying you for this phone call, hang the fuck off." Yeah. That's just how I uh, that's just my my mentality. Um, unless she's on call or something like that, then
1: I wish. and, I wish I could do that. I just, I just can't. It's, it's still on my brain, but I think it's more for my benefit than anything, you know, because I like to plan out the next couple of days, or I'll try to figure out, okay, you know, like my plan of attack for, you know, the next several days. If it's going to be like really heavy days, you know, it's just like okay how am I going to go about this? Like, in what order am I going to do these things? Because several things are due. And, you know, it, it, it gets bad. And then sometimes there's just, there's, there's nothing to talk about. right? You know, so it, or sometimes it's just like, oh, yeah, I pulled a bunch of reports today. Like, that's it. I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> you know, like, there really isn't anything to talk about. And then sometimes, things will bother me so bad that he will just like right before bed pause it and be like what happened today you need to just talk to me and it's like i know but if i talk to you about it i'm just gonna get like worked up again (laughs) and i i usually end up telling him if it's you know something that bad but you know for the most part i just I just don't like to talk about it but i love hearing about his day sure. you know his his day is awesome
0: <laughs> my day. well we are uh um, we're actually you know we're kind of fil- filibustering a little bit right now trying you know tim is not in the studio with you right now um but we yeah. are going you know hey better you know maybe he's fashionable
1: i've sent him messages and that's okay we'll we'll get started i mean he can i'm sure he'll be here sometime soon right um so about the last podcast so i i did i did get some feedback i don't know if you did you probably didn't um no, I have
0: not.
1: yeah like i so i did so right. i <laughs> i have to i have to i have to say something so here's this part where like people call me out, which is which is awesome, because, again, sometimes I just don't remember like every single little detail or like I, I won't remember the exact timeline of things. So usually I just don't say anything because I can't remember the whole timeline. Um, but one person did call me and we ended up having like an hour and a half conversation. Um She's, she's amazing. So I'm just going to go ahead and give out the shout out to um, Tabby, Tabby Cat. And throughout the Derby journey, Tabby actually, you know, she was correcting me. She's like, you keep on saying the president, the president. And she's like, and you're going through all these years, but don't you remember that I was the president too? I do. I I, I do remember. I can't remember exactly what year she was president, because every year we would have the elections. Um, but the only reason why I was calling this particular person the president is because she, she was the president for the longest, you know, out of out of everyone. And it's just easier to say that. But I'm just gonna start calling her the founder from now yeah. on. Because yeah, I I don't wanna I don't wanna upset her because there was a period in time when um tabby was the president of the queens and she was kind of it was me i was the secretary there was this girl that was the um the skater advocate and we had another skater that was vice president and tabby took over as president And it was more or less, I mean, she got voted in, but it was more or less because the founder had wanted to take some time off. And when she stuck us in that position, the skater advocate wasn't coming to practice, we didn't see her for a while. So she kind of like wasn't involved with a lot of that stuff. So it was like, just the three of us trying to figure everything out. And my God, did Tabby just rise to the occasion. Tabby was also, and I don't really mention this a lot only because it's not like super relevant to my qualms that I had like with the Queens. And I didn't want her to get any kind of distaste in her mouth because I didn't want to speak ill of her by any stretch of the imagination. But she was also voted in as my co-captain. So if anything had happened to me, she she was the backup captain and she was absolutely amazing. It it's a shame that I didn't get to spend that that fourth year with her, like that that last year that I was on the queens with her. Um because she she uh was pregnant and she was about to give birth and pop like any time. So she had to miss like I I think it was like all of the entire fourth season and all the great things we did, but like she was still like coming to practice and running, you know, merch and helping out where she could. And she's just, she's just an amazing person. And she was one person that I befriended, which was odd because not a lot of people did. Tabby had what we call RBF. (laughs) She had resting bitch face she looked super mean but I guess I didn't see it like everyone else did but I didn't really see it um I, I befriended her right away she was just cool as hell you know and she's one person that never changed throughout the whole my whole derby journey like even till today she has not changed one bit of who she is. And God, I just love her for that. I love that it's her, and all of her no matter what. And she tried very, very hard um, to keep the Queens going, keep them in good order. You know, like, there was a lot of behind the scenes that people don't know about with Tabby where she would go to bat for these women. And I mean, I, I think that definitely deserves a mention. You know, I, I know I didn't mention it before. I wasn't trying to get into, you know, everyone's individual roles, you know, because we did have a, a lot of wonderful women that were there. But, um, um but yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, well, listen, we, we want to give a shout out to Tabby for listening to the show. I mean, we, we certainly appreciate that. And any kind of feedback, I mean, that's that's cool that you've had people reach out and say, hey, you know, this happened or that happened. I mean, that shows us that what you're talking about does resonate with people. So. It's uh, it's it's a cool dynamic. It's cool to get the, any kind of feedback, and you know. So shout out to her for for supporting the show, and and obviously she's digging what you're doing. And and along those lines, in a quick sidebar, like I have a great appreciation for people who know who the fuck they are, and they don't waver from that. Right. And like right. that, I I I've got all day long or for people like that because you know what what you get with them is real you know there's 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 no bullshit there's no geez, you know is this who they really are but from what i'm hearing she knows who she is this is what she is and that is that makes for a strong 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 foundation for any kind of a a relationship personal professional or otherwise right right um well, we are going to dive into um, the fourth segment here, the fourth part of this particular saga, uh, the Derby years, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, Tim Sheridan is now joining us uh, in the studio. Tim,
2: how, how's it going, brother? Do um, you know what? I've been better. <laughs> um, I just fell you up you the stairs. gate. Trying to go over the dog gate, broke the gate, fell up the stairs. Landed on my head, you know, fun times. I had a great day of work, you know, just come home right to that. My beers are all shook up, you know. <laughs> I'm a happy guy now.
1: We heard it.
0: Uh, yeah, we did, brother. And I'm
1: I was <laughs> like, what the fuck? And I'm looking at Jason, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what just fucking happened. I, I don't
0: know how much got caught on, on, on the microphone. Oh, so it's going to be fun to go
2: back. <laughs> He's right here. Oh, fuck. Because <laughs> I'm smashed. I was oh, just like, are,
0: are
2: you
0: Are you okay, though? Are, oh, is anything hurt? Do I need to call somebody for you? Or, or, are we good?
2: My toes kind of hurt, but I think they'll survive.
1: Well, they are some big toes.
0: Well, bless your heart. They, hey, I get it, man. Oh. <laughs> All right, Amy.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, um okay so we left off um we had just played and won the ypsilanti vigilantes um
2: are you sure that's where we left off or when you're talking about east lansing
1: i'm sorry east lansing yes not not ipsy i'm so sorry um yes when we when we played east lansing and we won without three core members of our team we were on a high and so we were gearing up for the next bout, but something crazy happened in that next bout um, or before that next bout had happened. So we were, um, we had a, a rough come in and he would help us out, you know, and he would like ref a bunch of our bouts, but he also refed a bunch of other bouts, um, you know, with other, people. like he's a, a ref in Michigan. So, there was some talks about our sister league, Bath City, that something had happened with this ref that was completely inappropriate and it had to do with, like, one of their skaters and all this crap. I mean, it was just, like, a bunch of drama, but he was being accused of some shit. So, because we had known this ref this, you know, the entire time, and he was just amazing. He was so awesome. You know, like, I I thought the world of him um we backed him like 100 they tried people tried blackballing him and we were just like no this is ridiculous like we're going to stand up for this ref like you know this is and it was kind of like half the team was divided but then like once we sat there and all had like a little powwow about it you know and and said listen like he's backed us this whole time like it's our turn to get his back you know like we're not gonna we're not gonna blackball him we're not gonna say any like we'll stick up for him and you know we'll say okay listen like this is if, if we were planning about with another team that was on our home turf like we weren't going to not include this ref because they didn't want to because they blackballed him you know whatever it, it was just like all this drama and all we wanted to do was just stick up for this guy so the next bout comes and
2: which all this is happening leading up to about with bath city
1: yes so the next bout comes which is bath city yeah and we go and we're all pissed but we're pissed for a couple of reasons um we were pissed because of what they were doing to this particular rep and we were we were also pissed because we had lost some really awesome people to Bass City. Like, so some of our old team members were playing on Bass City and we knew that we were going to play them. Well, of course, our egos get a little bit high and we're like, we want to show them what they're missing out on. Like, look how good we are. It was such a huge emotional bout and we were so heated and so taken aback and like we weren't focused at all and they ended up they ended up winning like we ended up just absolutely falling apart as a team because of all the drama surrounding it and we just lost it to them um it's definitely one of those was said it's like, "I wish I could just, you know, get in there and and beat Bass City." But then again, I mean, they were on their A game and we weren't, you know, like we were not focused on that.
2: No, and it was it was an awkward an awkward day to say the least. Like usually when you show up at a bout, everybody's happy to see each other, everybody's bullshitting with each other. No, this was nobody was talking to one another. There was dirty looks back and forth. Like, it was just, it wasn't a fun place to be, especially with everything going on with the ref at the time. So there was a bunch of drama circling that because they started it, we were backing them, and they were pretty much pissed that we were backing them. And I think the bout almost got canceled at one point but we said, let's go through with it anyways. And it was just awkward and... Everybody was so emotional, and like everybody was just in their head, and they got the best of us that day. It was not a, a good one for us.
0: No. Uh, how many refs are over or officiate about? Is it just one? Is there multiple? It's
2: like, nearly three to four, isn't there?
1: There's two jam refs, two pack refs.
2: Oh and then two outside reps, right?
1: Two outside reps. So you're
2: talking
1: and then you have isn't like it the head ref?
2: Yeah, so I think you got, like up to seven reps yeah. at a time.
1: Yeah, you need at least four to to have a game to have about. You have to have four if you have more than four it kind of makes it a little bit better because then you have those outside of the track refs that like see the outside instead of cuz the refs are all on the inside of the track so they're watching and usually all the penalties get caught you know called for everyone on the inside because they're they're right there seeing it but sometimes when the dirty shit happens on the outside of the track like you don't you don't see it you know,
0: so having outside pack refs are, are good. I, I dig it. I wasn't sure. I, I was like, man, I would think that you would have to have more than one. but Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and usually you, you take refs with you places, too. Like, sometimes your team has their own refs, you know, and you take them with you, and they usually help officiate it. And it makes you feel a little bit better because sometimes you'll get into some places where – it's all their refs, and you kind of feel like you're getting shitty calls and you're getting some bad calls. And
1: yeah, you know, it's some places it's mandatory, you have to bring at least two, yeah, you
2: know, it just kind of helps keep things a, a little bit fair, not right. so one sided, you know. That's that's one of the reasons. I mean, the, the ref that we're talking about was always one of our refs, too, like he always officiated. Pretty much all of our bouts for years. So it's somebody that we really trusted yeah. and really liked. And, and we didn't totally buy everything that was being said about them. So we decided to stick up for them. And it, and it caused a lot of drama for a little while. And I kind of caused a falling out between the two teams, really, to an extent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like they were no longer, we we didn't want anything to do with them after that. Um, I mean, not really me in particular, but the founder and our coach, because they were like, best friends also with this ref. Um, They were like, no, we're not going to play any games with these people. And, you know, they called out, you know, the other team's head person, like their president, and they had it out. And like, it was just like a bunch of internal drama, you know, behind the scenes drama and kind of didn't like ruin any chances of us playing them again i mean we didn't really care to at that time because of what was going on but yeah this this guy was somebody we definitely trusted he was always fair with his you know roughing and stuff i mean he was he was he was a good ref. you know he put us in our place when we needed to so
2: but it definitely caused some uh Kind of caused drama on our team too because yeah. it kind of split the team because we had took a whole team vote on whether or not we should stand up for them you know and like back them and you know pretty much go against what they're saying and you know just only a little bit over half the team actually decided to go for it yeah. so we went for it so it kind of started creating those factions on the team and those little clicks you know like People who don't want to stand up for him because of what he's accused of, and you know, which
1: and, it wasn't even really that bad. No, like I wasn't. know what you're thinking, and I, I just I don't want our audience to think it either. Like it wasn't like bad, bad, but it was like it was bad enough to leave a little, you know,
0: a little. of people's and you know, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It wasn't like. Ugh, I, <coughs> Because, you know, it, it, it's his own personal, you know, stuff. I, I don't want to put out there what it was. But it, it's ju- its not, like, that bad. You know what right. I mean? It was just, it was uncalled for. And there's, I don't know, there's just no way that he, he even today, I, I don't think there's any way that
2: No, no let's be honest. This he, is, we're in the era these days of people are very easily offended by very small shit. Yeah. yes. So. yes a lot of shit can happen or be said about somebody that might not be a big thing and it gets twisted and turned and next thing you know, they're trying to cancel you, which was definitely what this situation was. You know, they were trying to blackball him out of the Derby industry and-
1: we weren't having any of it. We, we, by vote, we chose to stick up for him. And yeah, it it definitely drew a wedge. It, It drew a wedge with our team you know they some of them didn't think it was right and you know i mean it it was what it was but we continued on with the season anyway so the season was still going pretty good um you know after i think was it bass city was like bass city and bass city was the only bout sanctioned bout that we lost that season we Lost to Brighton as well, but that wasn't a sanctioned bout. It didn't no, count towards Mint and Kitten.
2: That one was... We should have never lost that one either. No. That
1: and that, that was a tough battle, but it, it is what it is. Yeah. I don't even... That bout is just... It's meh. meh
2: That's the only one know. that I almost got kicked out of. So.
1: Yeah, he threw a clipboard. He threw a
2: clipboard at a medic because they pulled one of our jammers when she was puking into a trash can. Oh, There is...
1: There's this one girl that pukes before every bout. Like, right. it's hot. Like sometimes if you eat before a bout, which I never do unless it's like a salad, like a small salad or like a banana, like you're going to throw up, you know, and and booty <laughs> fucking love her. Um, she got sick that bout. Like it was incredibly hot. And she just, she was going hard and she just started throwing up in the trash can and she's like, oh, okay, I'm good. And this medic was like, no, I'm sorry, you cannot return. It is unsafe for you to return. And she's like, fucking what? Like I threw out my lunch, you know, like what, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I'm fine now. I'm drink some water. I feel good. Like I'm, I'm good, ready to go back out there. And he absolutely refused to let her return. She was one of our most important jammers. For, for that
2: game, but... We were shorthanded that one,
1: Yeah, we were shorthanded that yeah, one, we That, that one
2: was in Traverse City, so not everybody could travel with us all the way up to Traverse City. Yeah. So we were shorthanded, and he just pulled one of our jammers, and we only had one other jammer that weekend, and, you know, that kind of put us in a hard spot, and we ended up losing it. We didn't lose it by much.
1: No. But it was we, only we by, like, on, a couple points. But
2: we lost, and we shouldn't have. You know, if he wouldn't have did that, we would have won that one, no problem. But yeah. I got, well,
1: would have
2: saved the day. I, I got real pissed off when he did that and I ended up throwing my clipboard at him and yelling at him and almost got ejected out of there. You know, because I tried pleading with them, like, hey, this isn't abnormal for her. You know what I mean? I was like, I've already pulled one of our skaters today because they were just totally blown up and kept falling and hitting her head, and I'm like, no, you're done. Like I pulled the skater myself, said said you're done. Like, go take your helmet off, go get your skates off, like get off. That was one of our blockers and then he goes and just pulled one of our jams like no she's fine like just i'll make the call and he's like no i'm a trained professional and it's like dude no you're not shut the hell up like you're, you're not a train you took a freaking first aid class and think you're some fucking end-all be-all you know like piss off dude like i, I know these women like she's fine
0: Kind of like a security guard who thinks he's part of the Detroit Police Department, right? Yes,
2: exactly.
1: That is precisely what it is. So, in any case, the season goes incredibly well. Um, You know, we were winning a lot of bouts. Some of the bouts we were winning by so much that all we did was, like, we took the other team and we were... um, and these are some of my favorite. Like we could just kind of relax a little bit. Like once we gained about a 100 point lead on a team, <laughs> which is incredible, but some of the teams that we faced, you know, they were they had a lot of newer skaters. Um yeah, like uh we we faced Shipwreck Alley and our it was our score was 292 and their score was 82 so we were over 200 points ahead so in those bouts we kind of like me and in a couple of the other girls you know we were just like let's just encourage them and like tell them what to do and i'm like fucking i'm down you know like so we would like turn around and backwards skate and the jammer that's trying to get past the blockers i'd be like come on you could do it don't give up let's go push through it you know like come on you got this and man they tried so hard you know but it we kind of like turned those ones into just like okay let's help them out you know like let's let's see what we can do to you know teach them Um. and there was something valuable that the Port Huron skaters kind of brought to my eyes like when they first did it to um Lakeshore Lakeshore was a newer team I was just kind of like what are you doing you know like you can't you can't say that to them like come on you know play and they're like don't you think they've had enough and it's kind of like you know what you're right okay let's you know let's let's do this and it, it completely opened up my eyes to you know absolutely humiliating another team versus helping them out and and having grace and you know compassion for those that were starting out because yeah. we were in that place once before as well yeah
2: i think it was the first time that we were in that position to do that yeah yeah. <laughs> we'd always been the ones getting beat up on, and all of a sudden, like, yeah. we're at a different level than a lot of these teams that we're playing, you know. And besides our two losses that season, like, we didn't even come – besides the one uh, bout against uh, the one that we just talked about on last one, East Lansing, that was the only bout that was even semi-close. Yeah. Like, the rest of them, we kind of just eased right through, you know. It was – almost a cakewalk season, as easy as the season went. Yeah. But I, I think the, the biggest thing leading up to this, all throughout this, why this is going on, and we're having a great season, we talked about how Clicks started to form, a lot of drama started behind the scenes. But a yeah. lot of the skaters on the team that weren't involved in the politics you know or the board you know a lot of them didn't see a lot of this drama going on but we started to see a rift going on between a particular skater and the founder and you started seeing well this particular skater at the time i think was skater advocate right
1: yeah and you started
2: seeing all these complaints brought up against the founder and they started to shift the team to where you had one click on one side, which actually went off to to do something else. So they pulled all these women on their side and then you had this other click. So you had behind the scene battles going on, kind of that would shape the future of the team pretty much. Um,
1: While this is going on too. So everyone knows that like I had made it well known this was my last season. Like, I knew I was going to have to have a hip replacement before I even knew what was wrong with my hips. I, I knew I was like, this, this is it. I'm going to be done. <laughs> like, I'm in way too much pain. Something is very, very wrong with me. Like, there's no way that I can keep doing this. Like, so after this year, guys, I'm done. So you're going to have to really think about, like, who you want to be captain, who you want to be secretary, and I was also the damn co-treasurer at that point. And all of a sudden, like in the middle of the season, the founder kind of shifted her gears too. And she started telling everyone, this is my last season. You guys are gonna have to figure out who you want to be president, all this shit.
2: Yeah, but in reality, I think she was doing that more for attention Yeah. I was just going to say that
0: because given your story and how you rose to where you were and like you had talked about previously, you know, there was a little bit of animosity starting to form. You guys met for dinner or something like that. And she just did not want to talk about anything Derby related because a lot of that, a lot of that focus had shifted over to you. So when you said that, that's the first thing that, that popped in my mind she did this for attention Yeah, so, what was me gimmick right right
1: yeah well none of none of us thought that she would actually leave
2: right. no it, it didn't even cross our minds that she would leave um you know and it was it was really weird to see all the drama behind the scenes because it, it got really bad heading kind of in a mitten kid you know you had two different factions I oh, don't no, think you Two different clicks on the team going at it you had you had the original and she's saying she's gonna leave but nobody believes believes that she's gonna leave they all
1: knew i was in pain yeah <laughs> like, they, they, they all, all knew
2: that both of us had already said hey she already said she was leaving done with skating and i said i'm not sticking around my wife's not on the team you know what i mean i do this my wife's on the team it gives us something to do together you know like i enjoy it but, but we're not sticking around but I can't remember what a lot of the, like what a lot of the problems were. I think it was conflicting. At that point
1: in time, we had gotten like a lot of what we wanted to accomplish accomplished.
2: Yeah, but we got a lot of what we did. But I'm going back to the the conflicts that were going on behind the scenes because that that leads. There
1: were so many. It's it's really hard to choose from.
2: And I I think it, it had a lot to do with the direction of the team and certain people thinking mm. that the team should do this.
1: Yeah, we had we had added fucking juniors to our team like we could barely stock our own team members and now you want to add juniors and like it was brought to a vote and of course everyone voted, not everyone,
2: but yeah, it was more than half that, voted but...
1: yes. So now we have like these kids and then like our responsibilities as well were like now I got to be the secretary and the co treasurer and like chase people around for money like these adults for for their kids to be on these Junior Leagues and shit. So in any case, there was a ton of drama. That was heading sorry, I'm finishing my puzzle. (laughs) There was a ton of drama. Behind the scenes, everyone knew I was leaving. There were talks of the founder leaving. We had elections, and we had a new captain picked out, I think. Was the
2: captain vote then, too? No, are we even at elections yet? We We're not even done with going to medkit. Oh, like my happened. bad. I'm just my getting the drama because so I'm trying to remember all the drama that was going on. It was almost like for a while there was talks of like almost like a coup going on to remove power from the founder and everything else and try to take over the league themselves, which, funny enough, this is actually the second time that I've heard this with this league because it happened years beforehand, too, Yeah. Um, where there was a coup going on. You know, you're trying to flip the board of directors in your favor because if you get enough of them, you can change the league and take it all over. And this was kind of talks behind the scenes heading up towards the end of the season this year was, everybody trying to flip or decide what they're going to do because there's so much animosity going on between pretty much the founder and another skater who is the skater advocate that year. And
1: And let me tell you, these two women were almost exactly the same. They were almost exactly the same person. I didn't know it at the time, you know, um, but you know, in and, and, and being the captain and being in my position, I tried to stay Switzerland. I, I tried to stay neutral. I tried to, I tried to see it from both sides. I tried to help them both out. I'd be like, well, you need to start listening to her. And no, she, she's not attacking you, you know, by just expressing her opinion. And then I would tell the other one, like, you need to listen when she speaks, you know, like, this is, the way that she's feeling she's trying to tell you this and you keep on kind of like being dismissive and that's not cool either like we the issues and the toll that it was taking like on our personal lives it was like every day it was it was derby and derby drama and derby crap and you know these two just going at it like two rams and it was like it was it was getting stifling and the whole team kind of like picked up on that so People, unbeknownst to other people, had kind of made different plans for their lives after this season was done. So we get to Mitten Kitten, and going into Mitten Kitten, it it wasn't it wasn't a feeling of oh, we're gonna do so great at Mitten Kitten.
2: Well, no, because we had never done great at Mankin before. Yeah,
1: we never did good at Mankin before. We always got beat the first time around, and it was always by dreaded Central Michigan. Yeah,
2: so So this year... Yeah,
1: I'm going to turn it over to you. You go ahead.
2: This year, we always ended up, and like we talked about the brackets beforehand, we always ended up in last place in the brackets, because the team was always horrible. So this year, it was like, all right, we had a great season. I'm like, so we're going to end up probably somewhere around the middle of the pack, because... Your points kind of add up from years before prior to it. It adds up over the years. So your ranking, obviously our ranking went up that year because we did really well, but it's only going to go up by so much because we did so poorly in the past. But I knew we did enough that season and got enough points to at least end up being middle of the pack. So I was like, okay, so we're, we're going to start up not against Central Michigan this year. Well, lo and behold, the brackets come out. We're like in, I think, fifth. And Central Michigan ends up being in like third, and guess who we play first? Bout Central Michigan. It's like you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like the one team that just kicks the hell out a lot of us every time we play it, and
1: plays dirty.
2: Yeah, and plays dirty. So we're going into this going, oh, this this kind of sucks. This you know, is like, it, guys. How do we get like? How do we have this kind of luck to always end up against this team? You know, so everybody's kind of a little bit out of it. You know, just not. We're not hopeful or very positive about the outcome of the boat because we have a feeling it's going to be dirty, it's going to be hard, we're going to just get the, the hell kicked out of us again because that's what they've always done to us.
1: Right.
2: Well, we go out there and we literally kick the shit out of Central Michigan. We mop
1: the floor with their they ass. They couldn't in. even
2: score on us. Like, I wish I had the point. I think we won like 165 to like 48. Like, they couldn't do anything against us. Like, it yeah. was it was one of the funnest boats, I think, we had done. And it was, like...
1: It was fun. Yeah, sure.
2: it, it was fun because we, we got to, like, give it back to them, you know, like... Sense of validation, you know? so, so to speak. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of gave us, like, okay, we're better than we even realize we are because we just beat Central Michigan convincingly. Like, they, you could see the frustration in their face. As we're just beating them and just the so the wonderful. will get ripped right out of them because they're going oh. against the Queens and they can't do anything against us. Like we had our one jammer smack. She's out there playing games with them. And it's funny, like she would go and pass their jammer, but then go back behind their jammer then get back in front of their jammer, start blocking it. Like she's just skating circles around her, just playing games with them. And they don't even know what the hell's going on, like, and we're just having a blast, you know. Kitty, it's, kitty. And this isn't one of the ones where like we're being helpful towards this team or trying to motivate no. them because we dislike this just team. Like is this an team. Asshole. Yeah, like <laughs> they've always just kicked the shit out of us and took no prisoners and just left us wasted. And like
1: they got so pissed that I wasn't even blocking anyone. It like the jam had the pack hadn't even. Gotten to me. I was just standing there. And this bitch comes up and out of nowhere just plows right into me and like knocked me. I don't even think, no, I didn't fall. I didn't fall, but it was like, it was such a hard hit. Like, I thought she fucked up my shoulder and like it came out of nowhere. And like, I almost went flying. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, it's legal, but you don't really see... Like, if a player is not actively engaging in into a pack, which the pack was, like, probably, like, eight feet away from me. Like, we did a, a bridging technique where, like, one skater's in the front, then you have, like, another skater a couple feet away, and then another skater so that you allow the pack to be further back because you're supposed to be all together. I was up front and I was just standing there, like waiting for the jammers to in the in the pack, you know, with the rest of the blockers to kind of get to me. And then here comes this bitch out of nowhere and she just fucking hits me for no reason. Like the pack still, I don't even think made it to me before the jam was called off. Like it was so ridiculous. And I'm just like, you want to play like that? Like nobody even does that because it's dangerous. You could really fucking hurt somebody. So I just, in the next jam, I just baited my time and I waited for the perfect moment when she was just standing there, not doing anything. And I hit her so fucking hard. She went flying, knocked on her ass. Fucking, she looks up at me and she's just like, and I'm like, oh, what? Can't got your tongue? You know, like you can do it to me, but I can't fucking do it to you. Like, is that a shock? Bye you know, like, oh, and it was just like, and she never tried that shit again after that. But you could tell that they were just trying to do anything, like anything they could to hold on. I don't even know what, because we were so far ahead. They just, they're just assholes. So we beat them. We beat them. And then the next bout that we're scheduled to play for this tournament, so we win. And the next bout we're scheduled to play is for the number one seed. The number one team in the whole enchilada. And that's the Battle Creek Serial Killers. Where all these girls are as tiny as little bean poles. But Jesus, are they fast and are they tough.
2: So, anyway, so yeah. Well, we end up, uh, after winning Central Michigan, going out that night doing a little bit of partying. Obviously, and we're waiting for the brackets to come out. And, you know, Like she said, we end up drawing and getting the number one seed for our next bout. So we go into this one. I mean, we're going into a positive note. We just beat Central Michigan, but we know we're going against the number one D2 team in the state. And we've never really had a challenge like this before. You know, it's a completely different style team. Like she said, they're all small, super fast. You know, they don't have any power blockers and anything like that. They're kind of built like Flint. Yeah. You know, Flint's generally all small, super fast, really good. It's hard to compete with speed. Um, so we go against this team, and we actually come out, and we start doing really well against them. Like, I'm, I'm actually amazed how well we're doing. But they're always staying with us within, like, 15 to 20 points It seems like a lot, but in Derby, it's not a lot. That's one jam. You know, if you get out ahead on a lead jam, you can score 25, 30 points really fast. Like I told you on my last one, my favorite bout with her, or one of my favorite was, you know, she scored 25 points in one jam, put us in the lead. We never came back. So it was was really trying to hold out of this against this team. You know, it's, we're up by like 10, we're up by 20, back down to 10. We go into halftime. We got a lead. Um... And then we we have to go to the back, and it's like, all right, we need to hold this. You know, like, chicks are all in really good shape. You know, they can all skate circles around us. We need to hold this shit. And so we come out after half, and it's pretty much the same story. You know, we're 15, 20 points ahead. Our team starts getting tired, though. We're getting down to, like, the last 10 minutes in the bout. They start coming back at us, like, a few points at a time it gets to the point where I think we're only like seven points up and it's like, shit, you know, we got seven minutes we're seven points up. They're just starting to eat away at us and we don't know what to do. And this, I had a suggestion from somebody and I, I ran with it from another one of our skaters and I, I kind of took it and ran with it was okay. We got seven minutes left. They're eating away at us. Like, I need to do something. This is going to be a very unpopular decision with the rest of the team. But I'm going to take and just make the best fucking line that I can. So I end up just pointing out, and I pointed out Amy. I pointed out AP, um, Edgy, and Rapture, and said, you four, go out, get in the line as a blocker. You know, like, I need you guys out there blocking right now so i send out this line to block and people don't realize this yet but my plan is they're not coming back off the damn track like this is the line we're finishing the bout with with seven minutes to go and amy's out there um so after that jam everybody's waiting to get in i'm like no stop i'm like you guys stay out there you know after the next jam i'm like stay out there people on the bench are like i want to go in i'm like no just stop like you guys want to win this bout, or do you want to give it up? You know, like we need to hold this lead. So I'm putting the best line that we have out there. So at this point, we start gaining back a few points, few points, few points. Um, we're going in. You know, I can see people getting pissed off at the bench because I got the same line in for seven minutes. The other team's getting frustrated as hell because they can't get by them and they keep on getting penalties, like their jammer does. And every time their jammer goes to the bench, we'd always play this uh, this game. Or it was not a game, but it was like we'd always play it smart. Like so when a jammer goes in on the bench, you pretty much got free reign. Our jammers out there scoring points. With ten seconds left, the jammer has to stand up before they can come back in off the bench. That's usually when we would call off the jam. So we would start the next jam with just our jammer on there. So obviously we're gonna get lead jam against these people. Um. So we get lead jam again. Their jammer would come back out, get another penalty, get stuck in it. They were getting frustrated. They didn't know what the hell to do. Everybody started, like, screaming, like, what are they doing? Like, freaking out. Okay, so that's the score. So in this time, like, and, and we started, we ended up, I, I remember at one point, and this was a really good jam for Amy, was during this, we ended up with three of our blockers in the penalty box. And Amy's out there by herself against a full line of their blockers, which is four. And we have like probably our top jammer that you're smack out there. And yeah. Amy Amy looks at her and goes, What do I do? Smack's so like, just clear the line. So Amy went out there and knocked down four of these women all at once. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Knock down all by yourself. Boom. Clear the line. We got lead jam. True. I don't
1: know how the fuck that happened, but it worked.
2: So in all this, so we got people on our batch getting pissed because I made the decision to put just for like the same line out there for the last seven minutes. Even our the other coaches look at me like, What are you doing? I'm like, Just trust me, it's gonna work, you know. Um, comes down to like 30 seconds left in the bout. We got lead jam. Same line's been out there for seven minutes. All of a sudden, it gets down to a few seconds left, and our coach, the head coach, calls him to call off the jam. It's like, What are you doing? I'm like, No, 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 no don't call off the jam. Because it's going to give them a chance to call timeout. Boom. We have a whole other jam going on. We're only up by, like, where are we up at the end there? Like, barely. Like, we end up winning. But I know we scored points at the end. So, the final score of this was 134 to 106.
1: We won it. It was tight.
2: But with two seconds left, he calls it off. They hurry up call timeout. So, now they have a chance. Because the jam goes for, is it 60 seconds? Or is it two minutes?
0: So it's two minutes. Okay.
2: So, the whole thing can go for two minutes. So if they can get a lead jam on this one, they can go for a full two minutes. We have the same line that's been out there for seven minutes of hard skating. Yeah, like hard skating, nonstop. We have our jammers that have been going out there who are tired as hell from trying to keep up with these fast little chicks. Two minutes left, they come out, they get lead jam. Boom. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, they have a chance here. You know, I'm like, our jammers are dying. I mean, our blockers are dying, but they're holding their own out there. Our jammer goes around a few times. She's just blown up. Can't do anything else. Amy's got the star cover on, so she, or the um, pivot. She's the pivot. So, you have, usually on the track, if you ever watch it, you have one of the skaters who's a jammer wearing the star cover. Now, you have another skater who is a blocker who's wearing another cover, but it just has a line down there, the pivot. Now, the jammer can actually pass the star cover to the pivot. The pivot can become the jammer and take over those duties. So Amy's been out there, and this is another one of my favorite bouts of, her, of hers because she just whooped total ass. She's been out there blocking now for... Probably close to eight minutes, just skating her ass off. Our jammers dead, can barely stay up on her skates, passes it to her, and she comes out there and just starts scoring points again. Like dead as hell, like keeping up with the jammer, just scoring points. Like by the time this bell ended, so finally it ends, she can't even like she collapses. Boom, down, on the ground, pass like just done. I can't can't breathe, breathe. Can't breathe. She just finished it out. We end up winning one thirty four to one oh six against the number one seed team. Um, and this was exciting because we had never really been successful before. We just secured our chance to play in the championship boat on Sunday. We'd never made it to a Sunday at and Kitten. like, we were always at home, like, looking at results from home. We had never made it to a Sunday. She's dead, and if you can see this picture of her, like, on this, because she ended up winning, yeah, so she's dead, oh, yeah. barely standing up there. That was her next set. Through this bout She skated the last nine minutes, blocked her ass off, cleared lines by herself, ended up jamming at the end, scoring a bunch of points, keeping us, you know, securing the lead with all the other people. I mean, it, it wouldn't happen without, you know, the other blockers and stuff like that too. I can't take, but for her to be able to take over jamming after skating eight minutes straight, blocking, and help hold it for that full last little bit. She ended up winning MVP of that bout at Kenton, which blockers never win that. It's always the jammers, you know, it was, it was like crazy moment. And when they called her her name, she didn't even register it at first. I don't think like she wasn't expecting to win. people
1: had to tell me that they called my name and to get up to the thing. Like I had, I was still dead.
2: (laughs) And I, I knew that was one of your personal goals in Derby was to win an MVP. But I was
1: always told, oh, no, you can't because you're a blocker. Which, yeah. No, they don't give them the blockers. An
2: MVP or a mitten kitten. So every boat has their MVPs. But most of the time, you know, you go to a boat, they vote your MVP. They'll just vote who they think. Like, it's voted on by the skaters. And sometimes they're like, oh, this person tried really hard, so we'll give them MVP this time. You know what I mean? Like, it's not always like, oh, this was the best person on the track today. It's like, oh, I really like this chick. She's full of life. You know, a lot of fun. We'll give her the MVP. At Mitten Kitten, it's by the announcers and stuff like that who pick out who they think was the MVP of that bow. Like, it, it means something There's else. only
1: one per game. Yeah. And it's... it could go to anyone on either team, win or lose, and usually it goes to the jammer. Of one of the teams, like yeah. it's it's always been like that.
2: Yeah. So it was.
1: And
2: I won it. Yeah, it was a huge accomplishment to win that at men again. Like that was an awesome moment. Like I can't, like I was like ecstatic for her to be able to win that honor. And the thing, but she worked her ass off and busted her ass, and she earned it. You know, it was. I think she was one of the. That was my favorite about watching her skate, and like, I knew she couldn't breathe, but those last eight minutes she didn't stop. None of them did. And that was one of the things that I always brought into the, the coaching aspect. Like when we were at practice, like I push them hard, you know, it's like when they wanted to give up, like, no, keep going. You know, we, we need water. Like, no, keep going. You know, I want you to be tired. I want you to be t- so tired. You have no idea what's going on, but you just do it. You know, I want, so when you're at a bout, when you're tired, you just instantly do it. It's just a natural reaction to be able to do this, you know? And I, I think that's the point that we got to that season. And we needed it, that bout because let me tell you, like to keep up with these women was, was crazy. You know, it was, they were so fast, they were so athletic and I, it was a challenge to beat them, but they busted their ass and, and we won that bout and went out and partied again that night. Yeah.
0: Just reliably too, I might add. Yeah. So
1: we made it to Sunday, it was a championship game. And needless to say, we were all just so ecstatic of at least knowing that we got second place, that we just went out there and had fun. And literally from you know the, the days leading up to that, we didn't have any gas on the gas tank. So we ended up losing and it was, it was okay to all of us. Yeah. We had no qualms with losing like there ended up being you know some skaters that you know got a little bit injured and stuff like had some knee injuries like right off the bat. I mean it was it was a tough tournament. We still didn't give up. You know we still tried our best but there was we all knew how we felt and we basically gave everything to that number one team like everything we had and it was just We gave all the leftovers to the championship game.
2: Yeah, the team was tired. But
1: we were were okay with that. We were more than okay. We didn't get, like, a lot of recovery time because by the end of that bout, it was, you know, the, the previous night from the number one team. It was, like, it was dinner time. We, like, went, had something to eat had a couple drinks, and then we we were all dead, and we just went to sleep, and we had to wake up way early, because we were the first game on Sunday, and, you know, um, we were just, we were just happy to be there, and we were, we were ecstatic to be the, you know, second place D2 champs, you know, it's something we've never, we've never had, we've never experienced, and I mean, we, we lost with grace and composure
2: <laughs> you know,
1: and we it, were all completely fine with
2: it it, it was a really cool mint and kitten too because a lot of people would come up a lot of the other teams and be like yeah. how did you guys get so yeah. good you know because we were always like the worst team in michigan yeah. and now like we're beating the number one team in michigan everybody's blown away like how did you get so yeah. good you know like
1: we had like other coaches for other teams come over to some of our players, like, "Hey, if you ever down my way, you know, it's like, yeah, stay away." And some of them, you know, some of them looked and listened, but like I knew, I knew that that was my last bout, and I was fine with not giving that last bout, you know, my best because I I knew that my best was given. The night before and I was I was completely content at that point. I was very content with my the whole derby career everything I wanted to accomplish I accomplished and then some you know I I didn't know that I could ever receive MVP for Mitten Kitten and that in itself I mean it was amazing like I was on an all-time high all time high and I was also very happy to be done
2: I think think
1: my body was happy and you know (laughs) like oh no more abuse please right so that was the end of Mitten Kitten that was the end of my season with the Queens and I think we'll, we'll end it here and the next one which will be Bucking A Part Five, but that will be the aftermath of the Queens, which is the closing of of it, the, clo- the the demise. It's it's the end. The curtain
0: call, as it were. Yes. Yep.
1: The curtain call. All
0: right. Well, this this is a good place to put a bow on this segment, yeah. um, and. I guess every week, every installment, I'm like, okay, like I, I think I'm prepared for what I'm fixing to listen to, and your guys' stories are just like I am so captivated by all of this. Um, But like you're saying, what a way to put a bow on your career in derby, you know? And like I said to you before. before we came on the air, and I, maybe I did mention it on the air too. This is the shit that, that that they make movies out of. Yeah, and it is such an incredible journey. And it is, and
1: it was. It's it's incredibly tough for me right now because, like, I I know how I felt back then, like, and I know I just couldn't wait to be done with it. For the drama. For the pain that I went through. Um, But. It's those moments. Like that. That it's like. But you put up with all that. So that you can have this. You know. Like that. That. Second to last game. I will carry with me. Forever. You know. Like these. I get very melancholy <laughs> about it. I I hate mm, this is actually the first time I've ever even told someone my derby like if you didn't know me or you didn't go through it with me at that point in time nobody really knows because I, I don't like talking about it and I, I don't like talking about it because I miss it like even though, yeah, okay, lots of people can be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, fucking, who was it? Undertaker got, like, five hip replacements and he still wrestled. That doesn't mean he should have. Right. I got two kids. I'm yeah, going to have,
0: career. yeah,
1: I, I have a, a, a job, a husband, animals, a house, um, all these things. And I have... I have one hip replacement now. I have to get another one real soon and which is on my other side. And there is no way in hell that I can that I can I can do that. I, I can't as much as I love it and it kills me. It just it, it kills me. It's like I'm sure the way that you feel with wrestling, it's like you look back at those moments and you're like what I wouldn't give to lace up my boots and just get back in that ring and hear that pop and, you know, all all that shit. And a lot of the times, because it was, it was like the only thing I was like really good at, you know, like really, truly, like I felt like I, I was good at it, you know, like not even other people telling, you know, because everyone, oh, yeah, you're so good. Like, oh, yeah, you were a great wrestler. No, I wasn't i see my fucking matches. No, I wasn't. But I was really good at this. Right. Like, this is just something that is so... It, it kills me that I won't be able to do that again. I can't recreate that moment ever, ever again. Any of those moments.
2: Which makes it really hard to watch it.
1: It makes it so difficult be hard, to watch it. That,
2: that's, that's the same thing with me. Like, I have trouble watching wrestling anymore. Because I'll start watching wrestling and go... I get too deep into it, I go, well, I want to get back into the ring, you know, like, and I've been out for a long time and we were just talking about this, I think, last night because I said my only regret was that Chase never got to watch me wrestle, you know, or go to a show and it's like, she's, cause we were watching the, uh, I'm um, the Goldberg Annie special that they did on legends. And he said he came back so his family could see him wrestle, you know, and I'm like, right. that's my only regret is that i can't i never got to have chase there to see me wrestle and it's like amy's like oh you know you would do it it's like i would love to but my body i don't think would let me anymore you know it's like it's, it's not a smart move you know like i'd do it in an instance but you know i already got herniated disc in the back and i mean i had an incident last year where i couldn't walk for three weeks like i had to crawl around and it still hurt you know it's my body's toast, you know. It's, it's not smart.
1: Again, just because you can doesn't mean you, you should. should. You know,
2: should, right. so it's, it's And I know you probably feel the same thing. And, you know, eventually, let me tell you, it'll get worse, you know. You'll end up clicking on wrestling and go, I could do that better, you know. Or I could tell that story better. And it's like, I, I need to do this. And it's, like, again, yeah, it's the same thing with Derby that she feels. I even feel it with Derby, you know. It's like, I watch... If I watch about or if I go somewhere where they're and I go, oh, they're fucking up. I could, you know, tell them how to do this so much better. I can make this team better, you know. I could show them better ways to play, you know. And I get that as a coach, like, in the coaching aspect. Like, I miss it, you know. And it's hard for me to be around it because once I'm around it, I want to stay around it, you know.
0: Right. Oh, no, I totally get it. And actually, Tim, I feel like I – just jotted a note down because i think that should be a topic that that we talk about on the show here you know as far as the wrestling aspects and and, and everything like that in relation to what amy's going through you know the post career thing and everything that goes into play with that so i i actually wrote that down as as a potential topic in the next few weeks here but we will go ahead and put a bow on this week's episode. We'll we'll stop here and then next week when we come back we can talk about the aftermath, um, postseason, post career and everything that goes hand in hand with that. I feel like that's is this gonna be it, Amy? Is this is this the last installment of yeah. the story? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah,
1: this this next one, I don't even know if like a full episode can be made because it's 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 pretty quick. But I'm sure we can explain um, a couple little things because yeah, there's that's that's my last bout, but that's not exactly where it ends. Like there's just there's just a a smidgen nugget more, you know. But.
2: yeah, the drama in that last midget nugget, though. Yeah,
1: nugget, you know it's. So it it's it's definitely the last one, though. Okay. Because there's there's not there's nothing. <sighs>
0: yeah. All right. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that, and um, you know, anytime we can sit down, especially you know, since Tim has has been been on the show, it's it adds another layer to it. Tim, you are a natural at this podcasting thing. Just, I know. I'll just say that. Yeah, That's what I'm um, like. I'll I feel, just
1: throw it to you. I
2: feel more comfortable now that I did the first episode. The first episode, I was like, I don't know what to say. You know, like, when I, I listen back and they like, hand? I wasn't loud enough. I need to speak louder so the mic can pick <laughs> me up. You know, I was like, I feel like I'm mumbling. You know, I think I I figured it out after the first episode, after listening to myself. It's weird listening to yourself. It is. When you, you listen is. back and go why did I say that? I think you said that the first time you were, dead. you're like, why did I say that? Right. I didn't mean it like that. That could be totally taken in the wrong way.
0: But, Well, listen, anybody that's got any kind of questions, comments, feedback, uh, anything of the sort, look for us over on Facebook at the Real Podcast page or you can find our contact information on heart.net which is the official website of the PFC Podcast Network. And uh, we're looking forward to putting a bow on the saga itself next Saturday. So be sure to tune in. We appreciate you uh, joining us this week. Be awesome to yourselves and to each other. For Amy Sheridan and her husband, Tim, I'm Jason Klaus. We'll see you next week right here on The Real Podcast on the PFC Podcast Network, powered by Anchor.fm.